Sup, everybody, and welcome to Press On Sports, otherwise known as the Jack Vita Show. That's right. So this podcast is changing its name from Press On Sports to the Jack Vita Show. That will be effective sometime over the next week or so, but... I didn't want to welcome you in with a different podcast name because then you might think you're listening to the wrong thing. (laughs) So today's going to be a fun show. This has been in the works for a little bit. I wanted to talk NBA free agency and player movement and all the stuff that's going on right now. I was initially going to have Andrew Raby come on. We were waiting for Kawhi to make his decision, but by the time Kawhi had decided Raby was out. He's down in Miami. He'll come on another time. But lucky for us, I've got a great guy filling in his place. This is a guy who has made the leap from basketball manager to grad assistant at Valparaiso University with the Valpo men's basketball team. Big time hoops fan, Peter Funk. You bring in the funk tonight, Peter? Oh, you already know I am. <laughs> that uh, that gave me chills. It was it was cool to be introduced, you know, because you hear so many podcasts and they always do that. What you just did now, it's like it's me, you know. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, you're a big podcast listener, right? I am. I am uh, a lot of college hoops, uh, TED talks, that sort of thing. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool to be on. A, it's cool to be on a, on a podcast, and it's really cool to be on yours. <laughs> And it's cool to have you here. It was also cool getting lunch with you a couple days ago, coming into Valpo and visiting. Yeah, that was man, fun. it was like it was like old times, you know. <laughs> we, we used to get lunch all the time, so it was a it was a really nice surprise too. Yeah, that was fun. So I made a quick trip into Valpo a couple days ago. I was driving in that direction, and I met up with Peter and Jason Karras, who's going to be coming on the podcast later this week to talk Toy Story Four. Uh, Peter did not know, so it was a big surprise. Said hi to the coaches. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, Peter, um, we're going to be hanging out tonight. It's a Wednesday evening right now, uh, July 10th, as we are recording this, while the ESPYs are on, and I guess neither of us are watching. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll probably maybe watch later when we're done, when I see the, the big name of words and... <laughs> That'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot. The ESPYs used to be such a big event for me as a kid. Right. But yeah, same here. Same here. Yeah, I haven't watched much over the last few years. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I think Justin Timberlake, he was like the peak ESPYs host. He was amazing. Yeah, he was really good. The, um, the year, so it was Steve Carell was the host when they did The Decision. Oh, no, that was actually um, Seth Meyers was the host, but Steve Carell did that sketch. It was really funny. That was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen (laughs) was when when him and Paul Rudd did the decision. That was hilarious. (laughs) That was probably like good emotional healing for you. You know what? It absolutely was. It was a it was that was a tough summer, but that was really that was hilarious. I think I, I, I still laugh at that. Like, I saw it on Twitter the other day, and I still just died laughing when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, Timberlake was great, and then I do think those two years of Seth Meyers, which is like 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a really funny dude. Uh, I always liked him on Saturday Night Live, so he yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, he's a, just a great comedy writer. And then Rob right. Riggle was good, and then I think everything post then has been kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah, like Peyton Manning hosted, and then... <laughs> 
like that was kind of that was weird to me. I mean, they don't they usually get a comedian to do it, not really an ex athlete, but <laughs> yeah, Tracy Morgan is hilarious. So I'm, I do think he's really funny. I'm a huge Thirty Rock fan. So he, oh great, he, I love Thirty Rock. I love Thirty Rock, and he is so funny on that show. <laughs> That's a deal breaker, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a it's an awesome show. I'm sure he's gonna, I'm sure he's doing a great job. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. So let's talk some basketball. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Let's just jump right in. Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers late on. I believe that was Friday night. Extremely late Friday. Were you night. shocked by this, Peter? You know what really shocked me was uh, was the Paul George part of it. Um, yeah, but you know. He had kind of made it very clear for a long time that he's, you know, he's from uh, Southern Cal and he likes the warm weather. And the Raptors kind of knew what they were getting themselves into. You know, they knew he was kind of a rental. And I mean, it paid off for him perfectly. I mean, I I can't imagine a better rental to win their first ever NBA championship. Uh, Part of me said, I was like, okay, I think I didn't, I really couldn't see him going to the Lakers. So I thought it was either going to be he returns to the Raptors. Um, or he goes back home to the Clippers because the Clippers, I mean, they had they still have a nice roster even before Paul George. Um, yeah, and I think they could have, you know, I don't know if they would have been NBA championship caliber, but if Kawhi had gone there, they probably would have been a top three, four team in the West, which is still really good. So I thought, you know, that plus the the home proximity and the climate all factored in for him. Um, but I, I was what really surprised me was the whole Paul George element. I mean that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know about what you thought, but it, that kind of came just way out of left field. I don't think anybody really really saw that coming. Yeah, that was crazy. I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so crazy because whenever you hear about an NBA player getting potentially traded, we hear about right. for we spend a month like, oh, this guy might go here. He's unhappy. We had no idea Paul yeah. George was unhappy. Right. I- you know, Woj usually has something going, like I'm um, hearing rumblings of this, or a certain star has kind of made it clear, and this team has made its intentions. But I mean, with this, I mean, what was interesting is the story was like, you know, Paul George came to the Thunder like a week in advance and said, "I want to, I want to trade to the Clippers," and uh, or at least, at least a trade to play with Kawhi. And and you're right, like nobody said anything about it. There was no news of it and it was that was the biggest bombshell yeah um was that paul george was also going to the clippers especially because i thought he was going to la last summer whether it was the lakers or the clippers because he he and Kawhi were the same type deal you know they were from california wanted to play in la and when he re-signed with the thunder i was kind of like all right playing in la really is just not that important to him but, and then this move happened, so that was that was really shocking. Yeah, the, I, all of that. It, I was thinking the same exact thing. I'm like, he yeah. had the chance to go out to L.A. Right, last he summer. Did. He turned it down, and it it does. We'll get to talking about how this affects the Lakers in a little bit. Yeah, but it just seemed like neither of these guys really had a huge urgency to go play with LeBron. Right, which I mean is is kind of refreshing in a way. Yeah, um, I, they keep joking on Twitter about you know, the Thanos line, perfectly balanced. But it, <laughs> I mean, it would have been uh, they they would have ran through the East if it was Kawhi, AD, and LeBron. The West. Oh, the West. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, but I agree. I mean, I, I mean, 
it's there's not really this urgency to play with LeBron. Um, I think Kawhi just kind of realized that he's kind of a top three player in the league now, and he's won a championship when he's the best player on the team. And and players like that don't really need to play second fiddle to LeBron. And with LeBron, you're you're almost always going to play you know second fiddle. You know he's going to be the guy. So it it was kind of refreshing, but it it made sense to me in that sense that Kawhi probably didn't want to play second fiddle to LeBron. He probably wanted he's realized he's a top three player in the league. And um, yeah, I, what what did you think? Well. Yeah, I never really understood the Lakers thing from Kawhi's perspective. I want to do a little exercise here, Peter. Yeah, Let's okay. role play this meeting between <laughs> Kawhi and LeBron. I'll be LeBron, you be Kawhi, okay? All right, here we go. All right, Kawhi. So you just won a title as the best player on a team. A lot of people are talking about you being the that maybe the best player in the league. Maybe it's your league now. Um how would you like to be in my shadow for the next couple of years and be the second or third scoring option? Yeah, see, right then and there, I mean, there's, he would have probably walked out of the meeting, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kawhi wouldn't have said anything he back. He would have said so. no words. I mean, knowing how Kawhi is, he would have said no words <laughs> and would probably just look to LeBron and turn around and walked out of the meeting. I mean, <laughs> yeah. especially just Le- LeBron is just such a dominant personality, too. Yeah. And, you know, Kawhi, obviously, is not really a dominant personality, but he is kind of that alpha dog mentality. And at this point in his career, after he's won an NBA championship, he's not going to want to come in and have LeBron tell him to do things differently or, you know, do things LeBron's way. It's just, you know, it's something that for at his stage in his career, he probably isn't really accustomed to or doesn't really want to do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we were we were doing that role playing and there was really as I was talking, I'm like, wait, there's really nothing that Peter can say because Kawhi right. doesn't talk a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, he's he's impressive in that sense. He's pretty, uh, pretty stone cold, even killed. Yeah, he kept this whole thing on lockdown. Right. And it was really impressive. Right. But I, I like that about him, though, because that's how he is in the games, too. You know, nothing rattles yeah. him if he makes a mistake or gets a bad call. Or if he does something well, he's 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 always locked in, you know, a hundred percent of the time, which is amazing. Here's the other part of the pitch. Now, Kawhi, you just won a title. You might be the best player in the league. Everyone seems to really like you. No one has any beef with you. Mm-mm. How would you feel about joining a super team and having a lot of people dislike you now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's like uh, the Miami Heat all over again, you know. <laughs> And just, I think a lot of guys are really aware of what Durant went through the last few years, and Durant right, right. did not enjoy that clearly. Yeah, no, I mean it, it. His situation was unique, but you're right that the the same reception happened with the Heat. With Kevin Durant, took a lot of a lot of flack for for the, his decision. Uh, I think you're right. I think now, especially in this free agent climate, they're kind of aware of. Um, and, and Kawhi was praised for his decision. You know, people really um, responded well to him not going to the Lakers. So I, I agree. I think that, that has a big part of it. I love what I love about Kawhi is that this guy has shown that if you want to have a brand or if you want to create a legacy or whatever, you don't have to say a bunch of ridiculous no, stuff yeah. just to get attention. That, you that, just let yeah. your playing do the talking. It's old school. It's it's kind of boss, if yeah. you ask me. No, I, I completely agree. It's amazing how he's able to construct this uh, this reputation, this personality, just by just by his game. 
you know, just by his his mannerisms or his his lack thereof, you know. Yeah. It, uh, it, you're, I've never thought about that. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it's the whole act like you've been there, Chuck Noll right. thing with the Steelers in right. the seventies. It's amazing. Yeah, there's something so professional and respectful about it that you're just like, wow, that guy has been in the end zone so many times. Like he's not going to act like it's his first time there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He probably learned that uh, with the Spurs when he just started. I mean, that's kind of how they they approached yeah. their their whole run was that was just how their mentality was every single year. Um, and that's how that's pop's big thing is, you know, come in, do your job. And, um, yeah, it's probably, it was probably a good lesson for him to learn. Not that he wasn't that, not that he was yeah. different from that in college, but I think that I'm assuming that that Spurs culture probably cemented that, yeah. uh, in him at a young point in his career, which is really good. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think like it was a great marriage for six years or yeah, however absolutely. long that was. And then it, it did hit an untimely, you know, yeah, just all of a sudden just came apart. We won't speculate on that. That's been talked about <laughs> plenty of times for oh, the last yeah. year. But let's talk a little bit before we jump over to some of these other teams. Let's just talk about this Clippers team. I really like what this team can do defensively on the perimeter. You know, I really do, too. I don't think enough people are thinking about that, that, you know, Kawhi and Paul George are two of the top defenders in the NBA um, and can guard multiple positions. Um, and then they re-signed Patrick Beverly, which is huge because that's, you know, he's probably, he's the same thing, one of the best on-ball defenders. Uh, Montrez Harrell is just a beast down low. I mean, they've got, I mean, they were, they were a playoff team that actually competed really well with the Warriors in the first round without, two of probably the top 10 players in the NBA. So they really, yeah. and, they, and they kept all those pieces. So, I mean, they, and they were, they built that kind of off of like, you know, grit and grimy. And uh, they have obviously an excellent coach and Doc Rivers, who's been there before. Um, and so they, you're right. They're going to have a really, really tough defensive team next year because they have uh, two superstars who are also just terrific defenders. Yeah. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I believe they are the odds-on favorites to win the title at the moment. Yeah, they, yeah, they are now. They are now definitely. But this, it's going to be a really fun year in the NBA because it could go um, so many ways. Because you know, you say the Clippers are the favorite, and I, I'd still say they are. But if I told you, you know, the Lakers will win the West or uh, the the Warriors will win the West, no, no one's no one's going to look at me weird. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, I could see that happening. You know. Um, yeah. which would make it such a really fun year because we haven't had that. You know, it's yeah. been kind of a, a given that the Warriors were going to win the West for the last, you know, five or six years. Um, and then the Cavs were the same way with LeBron. So now it's a lot more fun because it's a lot more wide open, which is going to be really cool. It looks like we're setting up for a new decade of basketball because yeah. the 2010s were just marked with, it started with the decision, the first year of the decade. Yeah. And yeah. we've had so much player movement over those 10 years and not all of it has been bad because I think right now a lot of these guys are like I don't want to do that I don't want to a lot of them are like we don't want to deal with that flack we don't think it's a good way to win Damian Lillard just came out and said that a couple days ago he's like you know that's not really me that's not really who I am yeah Um, and he showed that he signed extension after extension with Portland 
Yeah. Um, and he and he's committed to that. I mean, there there are a lot. Giannis is the same way. There's a lot of players that are are that are a lot like that. The the way you just described. Yeah. And so I think, I now we're entering into 2020. That's when next season will end. And maybe mm-hmm. this is the way the league. <laughs> who knows? The league can change yeah. really quickly. Oh man. <laughs> But we're yeah, heading we into it. That out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be wide open this year, which it hasn't been like at any mm-hmm. point in this decade. Mm-hmm. It's been dynasty after dynasty, or maybe not dynasty, but teams that repeat the same players yeah. and teams in the finals every single year, it seems. But things are right. shaking up. And all I want to say is thank you, Kawhi. Thank you for right. thank you for ending the Warriors. And yep. thank you for making things interesting. <laughs> I know it's 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 amazing. He's end end of the Warriors dynasty. Didn't go to the Lakers. He he really he played a huge part in that. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, so now let's talk about the Lakers. And yeah. this was really interesting. The timing of all this because clearly they were all in on Kawhi, which mm-hmm. I understand he's the best player on the market. In my yeah, opinion, gotta be. I think yeah, I think a lot. No, of people he, no I, I agree with you. I think he was the best player in the market. Yeah, that's not a hot take. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, best player on the free agent market, just won a title. Everyone wants a piece of Kawhi right now. Like you can't blame them for it. However, I think they would have been better off if they wanted to sign a big time big ticket free free agent i think they'd be better off with a fast guard who could shoot it like kemba yeah i i completely agree with that with my only my only doubt is i i don't know i don't know if it was ever reported or talked about how receptive kemba was to going to the lakers i think he would have i completely agree because i think um you know their front court is pretty solidified i mean people don't give kyle kuzma enough credit yeah um or the fact that the Lakers were able to keep him in yeah. the Anthony Davis trade was really impressive. And so they're, I mean, I'm not a huge Boogie fan, but still having those three, LeBron, Kuzma, um, and AD is a really, really strong front court. Um, but their backcourt, you know, it does lack a little bit. So I, I think you're right. Kemba would have probably been the best fit there. And they could have given him a max contract. But it seemed like from the day that the free agency started that Kemba was just kind of locked down going to the Celtics. Um, which is understandable. That, that, <laughs> which is extremely understandable, absolutely. And I, I think it's going to be a good fit for him. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what how much the Lakers pursued Kemba or how receptive Kemba was, but I agree. I think he would have been uh, – not. I mean, I, it's hard to say you should pick Kemba yeah. over Kawhi. But yeah. I, I agree. I think Kemba would have been uh, an absolutely perfect fit uh, for that team, especially because he can catch and shoot it as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just it's just a, a dynamic scoring guard, and you know he can score without bringing the ball up the court, and, and can score in a lot of ways. Which you need that uh, if you're going to be playing with LeBron James. Yeah, I think the catch and shoot aspect is really important, like you said, mm-hmm. if you're going to play with LeBron because. He's oh, so absolutely. ball dominant. And again, that's right. why some guys might not want to play with him because they want to have the ball in their hands and be able to do some stuff, which I understand. Yeah. So let's talk about the Lakers construction of this roster because I've heard takes both sides. Some people like it a lot. Some people think they totally whiffed because they waited so long on Kawhi. And really, the other thing that we should also note is that there was another wrinkle in this whole ordeal that 
if Kawhi had not signed by Saturday that their the Davis trade was going to get stalled because they had to put a certain amount of salary into their mm-hmm. roster before the Davis trade. Did you understand any of that? Um, yeah, a little bit. I, I just know that AD had to, uh, yeah, you kind of summed it up pretty well. Okay. I, I didn't follow that closely enough. Yeah, so it was, it was something where they had to have a certain amount of guys on their roster and money committed before that trade could go through because they only had, like, three or four guys on their roster at the time. So <laughs> oh, geez. they were yeah. able to sign some guys, but they did, you know, there were a lot of free agents who came off the board and just, I'm not even talking about stars. I'm talking about mid-level, just good role player guys who came off the board because they waited so long on Kawhi. So Peter, what did you think of how the Lakers responded to not getting Kawhi and building the rest of this roster? Yeah, it's just tough because, um, you know, I feel like there's only kind of so much you can do. But um, I do, I mean, you know, bringing Rondo back, I think it was a good decision. I, I'm just really not a huge DeMarcus Cousins fan. Uh, so that move was a little questionable to me. Um, but, you know. Why? Give me, uh, I'm not saying you're wrong or anything. I'm just curious. No, 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 why. no you're right. I should back that up. So, <laughs> I, you know, if this was maybe three four years ago, you know, he did play with, with AD in New Orleans. Um, but to me, I'm watching him with the Warriors last year. He, he just didn't seem, he didn't seem bought into what the Warriors were doing. And that probably wasn't on purpose. You know, I don't think he was being selfish. I just don't think he was, he's used to being one of the star players. And a lot of times the Warriors bigs just kind of set a lot of screens. Um, yeah. And so to me, he looked kind of like a shell of himself where he wasn't really a dominant scorer. He's not a, a above-the-rim type athlete. Um, and he, he wasn't really picking up what the Warriors were putting down. So to me, he's just kind of a shell of himself. So I, I don't know necessarily. Uh, I, I see the attraction because he played with AD and because he was an all-star. Um but to me, I just don't know if he, he looked like a shell of himself last year. I don't know if that's a really a productive uh, move for the Lakers to bring him on. Yeah, I think he's just in such a weird spot in his career. Right? It's like, yeah. and with the Achilles being such a bad injury. And... Yeah, it was. I mean, they didn't have to spend a whole lot of money to get him. Yeah, which is obviously good. They could probably get rid of him easily that... if they need to. Yeah, they definitely could. It was just one of those moves where I'm just kind of like, you know. I, the the uh, the risk doesn't or outweighs the reward in my opinion. He just seems like, especially for the team that they're trying to put together, um, I don't know if it was if it was the best move. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about some other moves? Um, I actually, it's funny. I actually really like their draft picks, um, and they the guys that they bring onto their team. I um, uh, a couple of Chicago guys actually. Uh, so Zach Norvell and Taylor Tucker, um, I actually think they're going to, uh, help them a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of some of their other moves. Uh, well, uh, they got Danny Green and Avery Bradley. Oh yeah. I completely forgot about Danny Green. That was a great move. Yeah. Um, just because he, he adds more, um, more defense and more leadership than I think people, uh, give him credit for. Uh, so he obviously is a great three-point shooter. 
Um, but he'll bring a lot of he'll bring a you know he's a he's a two time NBA champion and he'll bring uh, kind of that Spurs attitude, some leadership. Um, yeah, I, I think that was a really good move. Um, Quinn Cook, I think, should be really good off the bench. Um, he he had some good spurts for the Warriors. Um, Avery Bradley isn't quite uh, quite what he was last year or the last couple of years. But, you know, he's still a sound veteran defender, a shot maker. Um, so, so yeah, I think they did, an, I thought they did an, an, a pretty nice job, except for maybe Boogie, um, <laughs> of kind of piecing it together. But uh, you're right. I, I knew they signed some, a, a two-guard. I couldn't remember if it was Danny Green. <laughs> um, but I think that's a – I do think that's a really good move for – uh, for them. I, I like Danny Green a lot. Yeah, I like Danny Green and I like Avery Bradley. Um because of the defense aspect. And right, it's right, really it's important huge. to have a guy like Danny Green on the perimeter who can shoot it when you have these two big guys in the lane there to clog up the lane. So you need to space the right. floor somehow. No, I, I completely agree. I think that I mean especially that's just how LeBron just is I mean LeBron just he likes to have shooters around him. So I thought um bringing him on was a really smart decision. Um, somebody who can shoot it and uh, is unselfish and will, will still give you really good minutes. I think the Lakers did the best that they could, given the circumstances. Yeah. However, I mean, I do think that there were probably some guys that they could have gotten that were somewhere in between some of these uh, minimum guys and the max guys that they targeted that they that could have gotten that could have helped but this is a good roster i'm just a little i'm be honest the one the one concern you know the lakers had this bad year last year and lebron's turning 35 this year yeah peter you would remember the la- <laughs> the last good year kobe had that year he uh, ruptured his achilles i believe he was 34 then and he uh-huh. came out of high school and it's just, you know, it's hard for these guys to just keep doing it. At a certain point, there yeah. are some diminishing returns. So I just don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think people got to remind themselves of that, that, you know, LeBron is still LeBron, but he he doesn't have a whole lot of years left. Um, you know, especially he, he does a really good job taking care of his body, but his, his body and his athleticism, uh, it, it goes through a lot on a given season. Um, so you're right. I think people got to remember that, that he may not, he may not have too many years left, uh, especially not in his prime. I think yeah. he's probably past his prime, but still he'll have some good years, but I don't know how many of those he has left. I think if he wanted to turn into a low post player, I mean, I think yeah. he could have a really nice second career in that spot, but at the same time, like I just, I can't really see him, wanting to move over to doing something no. different. <laughs> no, I can't see him either. He's uh he's still the the alpha dog mentality. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I don't know if that'll ever change. All right, let's talk about the Celtics. This Kemba move was big. I think yeah. it it seemed to develop pretty quickly. I don't think a lot it of did. people were expecting it, it. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't expect it to develop as quickly as it did. Um, I, I figured Kemba was probably leaving Charlotte. He's given them a lot of really good years, and uh, they're pretty mis- pretty mismanaged, and they haven't done a lot for him in terms of bringing talent and uh, you know 
pieces around him. Um, but hey, they but got I, Terry Rozier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an interesting move too because they they paid him a ton of money. Yeah, they did. And I'm like, you know, I, I like Terry Rozier, but is, is he worth? I mean, he is he worth fifty eight million dollars? I mean, I I don't know if he's worth that much money. You know? Yeah. Especially they could have probably used that to go out and get some other pieces, but I, that was very shocking to me. I I did not expect that, but. The Celtics, you know, they got kind of, they have, a, you know, they're looking to build talent, but they kind of had to um, reconstruct their locker room a little bit um, after last season. And I'm a huge Brad Stevens fan, um, so I, I always think the best of him. But you know, Kemba, I think that they probably identified early on as someone who could add benefit to both the locker room uh, and the court, and so they probably zeroed on him very quickly and and decided to bring him in and um you know they're they're still a contender they got a lot of good they still have a lot of really good pieces even after Kyrie and Al Horford left so I I think it'll actually end up being a really good fit for Kemba especially if Jason Tatum can develop um into an into an all-star I think it'll be even a better fit yeah I think it's a better like you just said better fit for Jason Tatum to be playing with Kemba than with Kyrie Because we yeah. saw Tatum play his best ball when Kyrie was out in that playoff stretch. Right. Oh my gosh, he was awesome. Yeah. He he was so good. I was I remember watching that and I was like, I'm, I I obviously he probably should have been the top pick, but I'm like, this guy's a rookie <laughs> doing this, and I'm like, he's gonna be a top five player in the NBA in the next couple of years. I mean, he's his his game is just so smooth and it just translates so well and. Uh, but you're right, it kind of frees it up a little bit where, you know, he can it, the focus can kind of be on him and Kemba's not as much of a dominant personality or um, anything like that. So, yeah, I think it was a really good move for, for that whole organization. Yeah, the Horford uh, departure stings a little bit for Celtics fans, I'm sure. Because yeah, that was so yeah. weird to me. Yeah. Uh, because they was, he wanted a four-year deal and... They said, we're only going to give you three. And so he said, all right, well, I'm walking. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, huh, I mean, and they're pretty, I mean, they don't really have a whole lot in the post anymore. They they signed Enos Kanter, but, I mean, he was, Al Horford was kind of holding down the fort for them in their front court. Uh, So it was was very interesting to me for them to just kind of let him walk like that. Al Horford, in my opinion, has been underrated over the last couple years with Celtics. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really got annoyed when people would be like, oh, Al Horford, the 24th guy on the All-Star team. When he was, uh, last year, I thought he could have been the defensive player of the year. He, the What he can do for your team defensively, but also helping you space the floor with his shot. Yeah, it's a, he's a surprisingly good shooter. Yeah, he developed that over the years in the, in the association. Didn't have right. it in college, but... The other thing with him is he's just a great veteran leadership guy that I know we yep. see it in baseball a lot that clubs always want to sign a veteran guy like that for the young players, especially right now when everyone is building their roster on these rookie contract guys. Mm-hmm. So I think Horford in Philly, he could be a good mentor for those guys, although it, it's going to be a little odd just with having two big front court guys and him and Embiid. And then Simmons yeah. also being a six nine. Yeah, that 
that was weird to me too. I agree with you. I think it's a really good move from trying to help those guys mature because you're right. He's a veteran presence, but I mean, they lost, they lose Jimmy Butler, and I'm just kind of like, you know, you like you Horford isn't really quick enough to bring him out. He's a pick and pop guy, so he'll catch and shoot, but he's not really going to take you off the dribble. So you're right. You got to have two big bodies down there. And Ben Simmons is huge as well. And so Tobias is like six eight too. I want to say right. It's just gonna be. I mean, I guess that that works well because they get a huge lineup. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was it was interesting for me. I I'm gonna pitch you one free agent for the Celtics to replace Horford at center. There's a guy who hasn't been scooped up yet that I like. Do you have anyone in mind? Who I'm thinking of? No, I'm trying to think who you're going to say. <laughs> Robin Lopez. Oh, I thought he was scooped up. Was he? Did he? Did he? I thought he was going to the Bucks with his brother, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, let me look that up real quick. But I, you're, you know what though? I think if he, if he is still available, he would be great for them. Oh, you are right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was because, picturing him being like this great defensive guy who works his tail off, who yeah. could re- uh, not the same player as Al Horford, but I think would be a nice guy who would fit in with their culture. Right, because if you think about the roster they kind of got right now, you know you got four really good perimeter players. You got Kemba, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum. Four really good perimeter players. Um, so I think that kind of a hustle. Um, rim runner, finisher kind of guy would be great, which is what I think they have in mind for Enos Kanter. Uh, but I agree. I think Robin Lopez would would have been awesome for them. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he does in Milwaukee. Yeah, it looks like they're gonna give create a bigger role for Robert Williams this year. Out of he play at A and M. Yeah, he's. A, I mean, he's a great player. He's just had some kind of off the court yeah. issues that have concerned people, but. You know, maybe the Celtics whipped him into shape. You know, maybe they got him all figured out now. But he, if he is kind of whipped into shape with this off-court stuff, I mean, he he's a really, really good player. And if he if he could put it all together, I think that would be a smart move. But, you know, he's got a lot of red flags. All right. Well, we have not brought up the Brooklyn Nets yet. We need to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Before that, was there anything you other thoughts you want to toss in on these last couple teams we talked about with the no, Sixers? No, no, that, that was pretty thorough. Okay, good. good, good. All right, we're we're covering covering ground pretty quick. I like this. This is good. Yeah, this is good. All right, Peter, the Durant and Kyrie thing. They go to Brooklyn. Was this something that caught you off guard? Uh, slightly. And the reason I say that is because I had not ever appreciated the relationship that Kyrie and Kevin Durant had. Um, I, you know, I always kind of knew that you know LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh were were all really good friends and did stuff in the off season and played for Team USA together and all this stuff. I hadn't appreciated that KD and Kyrie were 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 closer knew each other like that so it makes more sense to me now they wanted to play together but to me i was just kind of like you know he's got a great thing going in golden state and if if once he's healthy and once clay is healthy i mean there's really nobody who's gonna beat them i mean they're just when when those three are in the game 
together, it's they're so hard to beat because you got you can't leave Steph, you can't leave Clay. So if you take them out of the way, Kevin Durant can pretty much score the ball wherever he is. So there's really no stopping them. So to me, I was kind of like, all right, if I'm KD, why not just stay with the Warriors and just just keep on winning? But I see the appeal now. Like you mentioned earlier, he got a lot of flag for this decision. He had never won a championship. He got to win a championship. Um, and so I, I see I see why he did what he did now. Uh, but it did cut, catch me off a little or catch me off guard a little bit at first. I wasn't expecting it either. You do start to wonder yeah. if there was some sort of a part where the relationship, his relationship with the team started to fracture was it yeah the, you're right yeah was it the draymond stuff was it stuff with the metal medical staff who knows but it brought him to brooklyn i was not expecting it really because it felt like <laughs> i just you know 10 years ago it was almost 10 years ago we kept hearing all the time jay-z with the nets and he's buddies with lebron uh-huh. and lebron's gonna want to play with his buddy jay-z or play for his buddy jay-z yeah brooklyn was like a huge destination like ten, you're right it's about like 10 years ago i was like i'll go to because that's when they moved from new jersey to brooklyn yeah like, okay go to brooklyn go play for the nets it's like the cool thing to do and we heard and about it did. for 10 years and no one bit the apple on that no and then they got they lost all their draft picks and that and that Kevin Garnett trade, and they've actually done a really good job. Yeah, they have float with the lack of talent that they've had. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it, it did not feel like a desirable free agent destination for me. Uh, but I see why Kevin Durant did what he did. But you're, it's some, it's a place that you don't really hear about Brooklyn. You know, it's interesting. It feels like the tone and the the viewpoint that a lot of fans have had on Durant for the last two years or three years has really shifted over the last month there are a lot of people mm-hmm. gained a lot of respect for him going out in that game five I believe that was yeah yeah, yeah game that's five right. yeah and then the other so they gained a lot of respect then they hated seeing him get injured and then it's kind of like pro wrestling. I don't know if you've ever followed that, but it's like <laughs> not not quite. <laughs> so in pro wrestling, you have a guy who's like they're they call the head or sorry the the face and the heel, and the heel is the villain. And sometimes the the face becomes the heel, or you could you could also make the Dark Knight reference. Sometimes you live long enough to become the villain. Oh yeah, you die a line. hero. It's like he died a hero in that game. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, I like that analogy. Well, I love that movie, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good analogy because you're right. It ended up like, because now he's going to have to miss most, if not all, of this next season when he wasn't fully healthy, but the Warriors were, uh, and it was an elimination game. And I mean, honestly, he scored, what, like 12 points in that game? Something like that? Four, four, I don't three. know. It's something like that, and they pushed them over the edge. I mean, they won that game yeah. by one point. So the fact that he even played at the time that he did actually benefit, weirdly benefited them. But you're right. For all the fact that he got, the fact that he came out there and um, played when he wasn't healthy, and now he's he's suffering the consequences of it, you're, you're right. It definitely made him look better. 
and he left that situation. People were so happy mm-hmm. that that happened. So I think he's picked up a lot of new fans. I mean, people are always going to follow his brand and everything. Like, I'm not saying his uh, social media numbers have gone up because people are going to follow you whether they like you or not. But right. I think, and he wants to be liked. So I, I think this has been a great story for him to go and yeah. do this. Not to say that he's doing it entirely on his own, but him and Kyrie as opposed to playing with three other all-stars yeah it's 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 a lot more balanced i agree it's um it's it's a lot more and the warriors just felt like such a juggernaut to me i mean just three just offensive weapons was just too i mean i don't know how you could ever stop them it was incredible since you like the movie reference i got another movie comparison too all right (laughs) this is going back to the Kawhi stuff though so we're gonna backpedal here for a second okay all right so the whole we were making jokes about Kawhi and LeBron. It kind of reminded uh-huh. me a little bit of Talladega Nights with John C. Riley, where he says to Ricky Bobby, and he's like, "Hey, maybe I could, maybe I could come first sometime." And then, well, Ricky Bobby says, "Yeah, but then I would be second. And, oh, you're right. That makes sense. <laughs> I guess LeBron would be. Uh, he would be Ricky Bobby in this situation. Yeah, he wouldn't want. To, he wouldn't want to play second fiddle. You're right. He wouldn't. He wouldn't want to be the Cal Naughton, You know. Yeah, and so Kawhi is kind of like. That's good. I like that. Kawhi is kind of like. I, why would I want to be that guy who goes second? Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. But the, that's good. The Nets are gonna be weird this year because it'll be Kyrie's team for a whole year. How do you? Right. How do you project that to go? What are you expecting? Well, you know, I gained a lot of respect for the Nets this past year. Uh, I think they've got a really good coach that nobody really knows about in Kenny Atkinson. And they've done a good job making something out of nothing. And they took three chances on three kind of players no one really cared about and noticed in Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, and Jared Allen. And so they've got three really solid players right there. And, I mean, D'Angelo Russell was really good last year. And, um, and and they may you know ended up making the playoffs, which was something that I thought was never going to happen until yeah they got some high draft picks and some young players, and which they never got. They never got the high draft picks and the young players. They kind of took some chances on players, and um, and they've really done a good job making something out of nothing. So to me, I see it as you're basically they got the, pretty much the same team, and you just take D'Angelo Russell, put Kyrie Irving in there, and so I think that they'll probably hover around the the sixth or the the fifth seed around there. And they're going to be a team that if KD does get back by the playoffs, I mean, nobody's going to want to play them in the first round. Uh, but they'll probably be a lower seed if I had to guess. But I still think they'll make the playoffs with Kyrie because I think they have um, all, a, a already playoff caliber team that surprised a lot of people. And D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie have similar games. I think Kyrie's a lot better. But I think it'll I think it'll translate well with with that switch, and then when KD comes back, it'll be really really intriguing to see uh, to see how good that that team really is. Yeah, it's funny because I saw the Nets play the Bulls at the United Center back in January, and the Nets mm-hmm. were doing okay at the time. They were above five hundred. They were in the playoff mix at the time. But I remember being like, these are two bad teams. I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. you would never think the Nets would be any good. I mean. 
I thought they they had just screwed themselves for years from that Boston trade. Yeah, they're ne- I'm like they're never gonna get top picks. Free agents won't go there. They're gonna be playing with like uh, like scrap players, and they've done. A, I mean, they made the playoff, which is incredible. Like they they've done a really nice job with the situation they've dealt. Now they they've been rewarded. You know, now they have two all stars. They were a little bit ahead of the curve in the strategy of like, all right, so you want to clear cap space. We'll we'll take that we'll take Mozgov off your hands. Give us D'Angelo Russell, and that yeah, was that brilliant. was so smart. That was really smart. You're starting to see some other teams do it. I think Atlanta is starting to do some stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta will be good in a, in a couple of years. They still probably need maybe three four years, but you know they've they got some really good young players that nobody's really talking about. So I, I and they're doing exactly what you just said. They got rid of a lot of the big contracts. Um, and are kind of building around with, with a lot of cap space um, and some young players. Yeah. So it's interesting. We'll talk about D'Angelo Russell in a second. Actually, no, let's talk about him now. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about D'Angelo Russell and yeah. the role he plays in this. To tell you the truth, before I hadn't really, I know like for a few weeks we were starting to hear that Kyrie wanted to go to Brooklyn and Mm -hmm. I was sort of like it's kind of weird that they're going to swap D'Angelo Russell out because yeah it just felt so right last year yeah and he had a he had a terrific season I mean he was you know he was the second overall pick so people kind of assumed he was going to have a have a good season or a, a good career rather and he was not I mean he wasn't terrible with the Lakers but he wasn't really quite as good as people thought he was going to be and last year, I mean, he lived up to the hype. He was as good as people thought he was going to be last year. Uh, and you're right. There were the rumblings of, like, okay, Kyrie's wants to go to the Nets. And what? how does D'Angelo Russell factor into this? And I'm like, so they really can't play together. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they pretty much just swapped him out. <laughs> yeah, but obviously you do that because e- even though Kyrie, you do wonder a little bit about if there's any baggage there. But Kyrie's uh-huh. bringing Kevin Durant with him, so yeah, right. it's a no-brainer. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, what was more impressive to me was the Warriors savvy in this yeah. situation um, to really kind of turn. It wasn't really not a depleting situation, but kind of uh, all right. The you know still being able to maintain a competitive roster when it was kind of a changing of the guard. You know the the breaking up of the dynasty to still be able to kind of pull out. Uh, an NBA all-star. I'm, it'll be interesting to see how the three of them play together. Yeah. But to be able to at least add a piece when they lost Kevin Durant was really impressive to me how they did that. Uh, after it looked like it was just going to be like, okay, the Warriors dynasty is over. They're just going to go back to the way things were. To be able to add a uh, an all-star was really impressive to me. He really fell into their lap because yeah, how often does a team lose its best player and I'm referring to Brooklyn, losing their uh, best player from the year before while adding the best player from another team. Yeah. <laughs> and so really they, and in a situation where neither was going to come back, uh, D'Lo couldn't really come back. It didn't seem like they really wanted him back. Um, yeah. They were bringing Kyrie instead. Durant had the opportunity to come back, but they basically this fell into their lap. Obviously, you want to keep Kevin Durant if you can, but this is mm-hmm. the next best thing that they were able to pull off because, in terms of cap space, 
I don't think they would have if if D'Lo was just on the open market and this was not a sign and trade. I don't think this would have worked out. No, no, you're right. It wouldn't have worked out, um, and that's why it's just so impressive the way they did it and the way yeah. that they just at least made something out of nothing. You know. Yeah. So if Kevin Durant signs with the Knicks, it's like okay, maybe you can get. Um, I don't even know who plays for the Knicks anymore. <laughs> R.J. Barrett, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm trying to think of a veteran guy who would leave the team, the best player. Oh, there's nobody. <laughs> there's yeah. nobody on that roster. <laughs> yeah, so they were fortunate that he picked a team in the other conference, not in the West. He goes to the Nets, and they got a 23-year-old all-star who yeah, has the potential is, to grow his game. Right. It was really impressive. Yeah. It, no one saw that coming. No, no one saw that coming. Another another crazy move from the offseason. <laughs> yeah. And then we also had Jimmy Butler bolting to Miami. Yeah. It's interesting. It, Jimmy Butler is just such an interesting person to me. Yeah. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't really know if he knows what he wants, like, out of his career. Because, you know, I thought, you know, he didn't ask to leave Chicago, but he did ask to leave Minnesota. And I'm kind of like, you know, he wants to play for a contender, have a big role, and the Sixers were probably were a, a great fit for him. Yeah, he opinion. got now, it. Maybe, yeah, maybe personalities clashed, and maybe he wants to be the alpha dog, and he probably isn't the best player on that team. I think Embiid's probably a little bit better, but still, you know, he's, he's still gonna, their I mean, their closer in the last two minutes on that right, team. And, right, and they were a shot. I mean, let's say Kawhi's shot bounces off the wrong way. I mean, they're in the the Eastern Conference well, Finals. It goes and, you know, to overtime. Or it goes over time, but yeah, and then they, you know, but still, you know, they yeah, might have had. They were a, a very shot. close, right? They were very close in the Eastern Conference Finals, and uh, you know, who knows if they had made the Eastern Conference Finals, what would have happened? So to me, the fact that they uh, they have a shot to compete every single year now, and he had a prominent role on that team, you know, something else might have been going on. But it, it, Miami, they're not a bad team, but they're they're not going to compete for the Eastern Conference title. I mean, they they might it's make like a the playoffs, seven seed. But, yeah, they're a, you know a seven, eight, six, something like that. They're not gonna be. They're not up there with Milwaukee and Boston and uh, Toronto and Brooklyn competing for the Eastern Conference title. So it was weird to me that he was so adamant to make that move uh, to Miami. Um, but there might be something else going on that we don't know about, or maybe he hasn't quite made up his mind what he wants out of his career. But I thought that. The Sixers were a great situation for him, but that, yeah, that's just from an outsider's view. Well, maybe him and Westbrook are buddies, and maybe this has been in the works for a little bit, and they were keeping a tight seal on stuff. Now yeah. Westbrook's on the trade market. Yeah, that would be interesting. To that would be a really interesting move as well. Uh, if I mean, I, I think I, I think it is probably time for him to leave Oklahoma City. Uh, I think it's time for OKC to probably start their rebuild. Um, but yeah, may, there maybe there's something going on. I don't know. It would be if if Russell Westbrook got the move, that would be extremely interesting to me. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's been the those have been the whispers over the past week. Yeah, yeah, they have been because you know it's it's kind of like all right, all the all the other stars have left OKC. Um, it's probably time for for Russ to move on as well. So. We'll see, we'll see what happens. That would be the last the last bombshell of the offseason. Yeah, but, the I mean, the Thunder could decide to keep him because 
that that's been their most popular player in the history of their franchise right. since moving to Oklahoma City. And there's value to that. There's value to all the money you're gonna make off of him and the entertainment mm-hmm. he provides. So yeah, that's who knows? a great point. That's a great point. And they're still a playoff team with him, probably. Yeah, they they even before Paul George, you're right. They were a playoff team um, between when Kevin Durant left and when Paul George got there. Uh, but you know, the West is significantly better than I think, or from top to bottom, significantly better. And you you still got all these teams that didn't make moves that uh, that are still going to be really good, like the Nuggets and the Blazers. Um, who didn't really make any big na- big name moves, but they have some really good pieces that are going to get better. And now you have you throw the Clippers and the Lakers in there. Um, obviously, the Warriors still there's still some teams that are just so good. So you know, I, I think it'll be um, I think it'll be a little. I mean, I think they can still have a shot to make the playoffs, but I would not be surprised if they felt this was the time to move on from Russ. How about that Mike Conley trade too? Yeah, you know, that's probably the best move that no one's really talking about because yeah. it kind of flew under the radar. And that's really how Mike Conley's kind of been his whole career. You know, he hasn't really gotten a whole lot of attention. Never made an all-star Memphis. team. Yeah, which is ridiculous to me. Um, but honestly, it, it's exactly what Utah needed. They they haven't had a point guard or, or at least a, I mean, obviously a, caliber, or a high-quality point guard like, like Mike Conley. But just his his veteran leadership, I think, will be huge for that team that has a lot of young pieces, like obviously Donovan Mitchell and uh, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, but to have a guard like him, who's you know a shot making pass first point guard, will be huge for that team. And Utah, I mean, people forget they were you know what they were the five seed and played Houston really competitively. And uh, Donovan Mitchell kind of had. Uh, not he wasn't bad, but he wasn't as good as his, his first year. And he, I mean, if he takes another step, I mean, Utah could be a really, really good team. So the fact that they added Mike Conley was a, a really, really good move, and no one's really paying attention to it, which is interesting to me. But I, I was a huge fan of that move. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, is there, are there any other moves, like in terms of big moves, that we did not mention? In terms of big moves, you know, nothing comes to mind. Uh, I'll, I'll take a look, but I mean, nothing really. That's about as much as I could think of. Okay, I'm gonna ask you in a second about if there were any under the radar signings that you like. Um, but before we do that, let's let's count the teams that we see as viable contenders in each conference. Yeah. Let's let's start with the East. Okay. Yeah. So you got Sixers. It. Yep. Celtics. Mm-hmm. Bucks. B- yep. Um, Nets probably. Nets. I say I put the Pacers in there with Oladipo healthy. Yeah, I'll put the Pacers in there. Um, That's five. I don't uh, think Raptors are. No, probably not anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably that's probably five right there. Five right probably. there, and even yeah. like. Let's say, all right. I, I need to look at these. Uh, <laughs> I need to look at the teams real quick. I think that you you might have some potential upsets in the playoffs too, where maybe you. Yeah, I mean, especially we'll see what what Brooklyn does. I mean, they're the they're the kind of wild card here. Yeah. Uh, because we don't really know how long KD is going to be out. Uh, 
and he has a he has a chance to you know if he comes back right when the playoffs start or maybe in the second round. I mean, they they're definitely a team that nobody would want to play. So you got five. Te- I'm I see five teams. What, mm-hmm. Are you on board with all five of those teams? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and in the West, why don't you count out the West for me? I mean, we got a bunch. So obviously, we got the two teams in L.A. Uh, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Warriors. Uh, I'll throw the Nuggets in there because I really like the Nuggets. Um, I'll throw Portland in there. Uh, that's five. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I Utah? Yeah, I'll throw Utah in there probably. I mean, if Donovan Mitchell has a good season, absolutely. Um, that's six. Um, the others, I, I don't know if any of the others are... I think that's yeah. six. Maybe Houston. Yeah, I, seems like never, they're coming apart. Yeah, I never know what to what to make of Houston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Uh, so yeah, but still, six teams that could potentially win the West is is amazing, and eleven teams total that could uh, potentially make uh, or potentially win the NBA championship is about as wide open, I think, as uh, as we've had in a long time. That's a third of the league. Yeah, that's amazing. That's that really is amazing. amazing. Uh, I maybe Houston is a team that could be our potential dark horse when they they get in as a seven or eight seed and they yeah that's dethrone. not a seven that's not a seven or eight that uh, that I think anybody would want to play. Maybe maybe the Spurs are another team who could do that. I don't think the Spurs are going to win a championship, but I think maybe yeah, they're they, a team that makes some noise. Yeah, I I agree too. I don't think you'd ever want to play the Spurs. The Spurs are just we got to see how their how their young pieces develop. Um, maybe Demar Derozan has a great offseason. I, I think they do make the playoffs. I don't know if they're if they're a contender though. So those are eight teams, and that's not even counting Oklahoma City. And I like Sacramento. Yeah, I, I, they've got a nice young core. We'll see it. We'll see if they take some steps uh, with Luke Walton. But yeah. it's about time Sacramento started winning some games. Yeah. I mean, when's the last when's the last time they were good? Like fifteen years ago. Yeah, Chris Weber days. Right. <laughs> They've been in the lottery so many years, but, but they always really get like, like they get like the fourth or fifth pick, and then it's like, ah, <laughs> uh, okay, it's not really an all star yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the Hornets always get like the seventh or eighth pick. Yeah, or the fir- yeah, I know it's it's always frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Jordan will always pick the best college player. Oh my gosh, he needs to stop making decisions for that front <laughs> office. He really does. And a lot of people like Dallas too. Yeah, I don't know if this will be Dallas next year, but they, I mean, they're they're team international over there, and they got probably the best young player in the NBA in, in Doncic and. Uh, they just added Goran Dragic, which I really like. I love that pick. I think he's underrated. I think so too. I think he's kind of really what they need here. They, you know, they're kind of searching for a point guard to go along with Luca. Um, and obviously, they still got Kristaps Porzingis and uh, Valpo. Shout out Ryan Brokoff. Oh uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well I, I think they they they're not doing a bad job. I think they're doing a good job. I think they might just need one more year to progress. But I would, I would not be shocked if they ended up at an 8 or a 7 seed or uh, around there because they do got some really young players or really good young pieces and probably the best young player in the NBA. Peter, here's the thing. I've been so down on the NBA for the last year or two. And I, 
I, I'm a basketball junkie. I love this stuff. And now yeah. it's all coming back. I'm like, I know. This is great because it's awesome. Even these teams, you're. I'm looking at the standings from last year 13th, 14th, and 15th best teams in the West last year Pelicans, Mavs, and Suns. All those teams are going to be interesting and fun to watch this year. Right, right. So that's it's uh it's gonna be a really exciting year for the NBA. Yeah, I'm like just get 2K out right now. I'm ready to buy it. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure a lot of people feel the exact same way. <laughs> I want to watch some. I want to watch some games. We'll see if the Bulls can make a stride this year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm already writing my cows off. I mean, I lo- <laughs> I like what they're doing, but I'm just like, you know what? They just aren't talented enough yet. And once well, they I get- said. A couple weeks ago on the podcast, I I said I really like the Garland pick. I I, I think him and Sexton, that's the potential to be, you know, Lillard and McCollum or Heald and De'Aaron Fox or one of these really nice backcourt combos. I think that that's got some potential right there. I agree. I love the pick. I just we got too many of the, the LeBron role players still on the team. Once we get Tristan Thompson <laughs> out of there and. All those guys, and I think we can start adding and building, but I, I, I just know that they're just too young and just not talented quite enough yet. But I do really like Darius Garland. I think that was a great move, and hiring John Beal, I think it was all a really good decision. But they just, it's just LeBron just leaves you decimated. He really does. <laughs> There's just not. It's, it's a process to try to try to rebuild. It really is. That's the thing that's so weird. Is like, what if? What if he leaves the Lakers after, let's not say this year, but in two years, okay? And now, all of a sudden, Anthony Davis, we'll we'll see what his future is. But yeah, it's not a very if, good team. I mean, it seems like there's always scraps right after. So what if it's just Danny Green and Avery Bradley, Lance Stevenson? All right, that's not a very good team. <laughs> that's, a, that's a borderline playoff team at best, you know? So they're going for it now, but right, it's the way to do it. Yeah, it'll be very fun to watch. Were there any under the radar free agent signings that you liked? Yeah, um, so I, I got I got two, and we kind of already talked about one, but the one I really like is uh, the Warriors signing Willie Cauley Stein um, from the Kings. Yeah, he, he I, he's always been a really intriguing player to me since he was at Kentucky because he can guard multiple positions. Um, he, he finishes really well around the rim. And to me, just watching the Warriors the past couple of years, that's really all they need from their center. You know, they don't really need their center to step out, hit threes. They just need somebody to go in there, protect the rim, play good defense and set screens. And just when the other three are guarded, you know, they leave them open. Um, and so he hasn't really performed that well in Sacramento. But I think that um, the, the Warriors uh, give him a much better opportunity um, for him to kind of blossom and kind of grow. We talked about Pat Beverly earlier. I thought that was a, re- a really good uh, sign- re-signing for the Clippers to make sure they prioritized him, even before bringing in Kawhi and even before bringing in Paul George, just because he's such a veteran leader, a really good defensive presence for that kind of for that organization. And then I also really like what the Pelicans did this la- this whole offseason. Obviously, you know, getting Zion, that, you know, that was kind of a no-brainer. But they signed J.J. Redick and Derek Favors, um, who are two good veteran players. They're 
high productive or high production players. Um, you know what you're going to get from them. And then they also had two really good draft picks other than Zion and Jackson Hayes and Akeel Alexander Walker, who are both really good players too. So I, I like, I like that they're signings as well. So that's a couple under, under the radar signings. What, what, what did, what did you think? Did you have any? Oh no, I, I was going to comment a couple of those. I oh, think yeah, the ahead. Willie Cauley Stein one, that's another guy I think would have fit the Celtics very nicely. Yeah, yeah he would have, he would have. The, the, the Warriors got to him first though. <laughs> Yeah, I really like Favors a lot. I've had him on my fantasy team the last couple years, and mm-hmm. he puts together a lot of 17 and 10s, and he's yeah. quietly. Very very consistent. Yeah, uh, he's which is very good, good for, player. For a young team like the Pelicans, you want players like that that are, you know, consistent, no no nonsense role players. And he, and J.J. Redick and Derek Favors are exactly what exactly that. They, they get their job done. Um they're consistent, everyday guys, and that's huge for a young team. Yeah. I like Malcolm Brogdon with the Pacers. Yeah, that's a really good one, too. He's, he's a great player. He is he is a really good player. That was a smart move, signing him. I like Bogdanovich with the um, with the Jazz. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there are quite a few of these that are nice ones to look at. Portland has shaken up their roster a little bit, which is interesting. They, they, yeah, uh, Hassan Whiteside, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think him and Lillard are buddies. Yeah, that would make sense. So it's lots of interesting stuff. Um, I do like that Pelicans team a lot. I would buy stock in them. Yeah, you know, I, David Griffin was the GM in uh, in Cleveland um, when LeBron resigned, and I've always just been a huge fan of him. Uh, I think he's just a really, really good NBA executive, um, and and so I, I, I was a really smart move by the Pelicans to hire him, and he's doing a really, really good job. And I, I think you know, obviously having Zion helps a lot, but these um, they're putting together a lot of really good pieces around him. So they'll they'll, we'll, I don't know how good they'll be this year, but I think they're they're doing a good job of of building toward the future. I like Portland a lot going into the going into this next couple of years. I think they're going to I mean we'll see. They've got some pieces they could potentially deal to. I really like I was a little iffy on Zach Collins just because I thought he came out early, but I think that guy's got a really bright future. Yeah, uh, I do too. I agree. He he probably should have stayed another year at Gonzaga, but he had such a great NCAA tournament and his his uh his hype was uh was pretty high. But I agree. I think I think he'll be a good player as well. Yeah. So they they have a couple guys that if they were to, you know, maybe another superstar becomes unhappy and they can strike. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, but the roster they have right now is pretty dang good. I think I think they're a contender. They maybe need to get a little better defensively somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think that uh, those moves uh, definitely help them out. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think i think we pretty much covered all the bases tonight Peter. yeah it's been a great it's been a great off season it's been a lot of fun yeah it's been great so 
Uh, I'll give you the chance. If there's anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to talk about, uh, go bring it up right now. Uh, uh, nothing comes to mind. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> okay, we covered, we covered everything. Uh, so that was really cool. The only thing I'll bring up is, is if you haven't seen Jackson Hayes's uh, summer league dunk the other day, or was it yesterday? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. You gotta look it up. It, uh, Who is this? Jackson Hayes. Um, he was the eighth overall pick for the Pelicans. He oh, played yeah. at Texas. He's really interesting because he he was a late bloomer. So he was like six one, six two, his sophomore, junior in high school. Played JV on his high school team as a junior, um, and then grew to like six eight by his senior year. Started his senior year, and then Texas recruited him, and now he's about six ten extremely extremely athletic and he had one of the best dunks i think i've ever seen um so if anyone's is looking, it on twitter yeah that's where i saw it was on twitter if you just let me i'm gonna watch it right now i'm gonna react live to this okay. on the he podcast spells like jackson like j-a-x-s-o-n or something like that he spells it kind well of i spelled it wrong but i still found oh, it good. oh my goodness <laughs> That reminded me of the Vince Carter dunk in the Olympics from like 2000. It was, oh man, it, I, I couldn't believe he, how high he got on that. He is, uh, oh, that, I'm going to watch that like 10 times on a loop <laughs> later. That's what, that's what I did. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. <laughs> well, Peter, um, is there anything that you would like to promote? Do you want to throw out your social media handle so people can get in touch and follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So my uh, all my social media is uh, pfunk underscore two. Uh, so that's Twitter, Instagram. I'm a huge Twitter guy. Uh, so I'm always on Twitter all the time. So that's probably the best place to interact, me the, interact with me the most. Uh, it's a lot of Valpo basketball, but you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's what I, it's what I, I do for a living. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that it's, uh, just P funk, all lowercase underscore two. Um, so yeah, I'm team follow back. So I'll make sure I help you out. Great. Peter, I'm very proud of you, man. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm proud of it you. When I, I, I was a senior when you were a freshman. Yeah. And now you're you're you've graduated. Yeah, it's you crazy. are getting paid to be in coaching, and you come on the podcast and you do an excellent job <laughs> in your debut. And you're gonna have to come back sometime. Oh, I know people are gonna time, love this. Any any time, man. Really, any time. Yeah, and maybe someday you'll be bringing up. Uh, you know, it's like you're my apprentice, <laughs> and uh, you're gonna have your own podcast, and it's gonna be bigger than mine. Uh, be bigger than yours but that would be pretty cool i love podcasts (laughs) all right well thank you so much for joining me tonight peter we'll have to do this again soon yeah man thank you jack this has been really great this has been awesome ladies and gentlemen peter funk had a great conversation with him tonight on the podcast had a great time talking nba offseason and free agency If you like what you heard tonight and you would like to hear more, subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes, especially because the name of the podcast is going to change within the next two weeks to Jack Vita Show, and you don't want to miss out. You don't want to get lost in the transition. Everything is still going to be there. If you subscribe, you'll be taken care of. You'll be good. You will not have any trouble finding the podcast. It will All of the... 
all the files, all of the episodes will still be there. There will just be a different name and a different logo in its place. If you would like to get in touch with me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at the Jack Vita. That's at the Jack Vita. I post a lot on Twitter about basketball thoughts as Peter does and other sports and trot out some uh, stand-up comedy <laughs> sometimes in tweets as well. Tweets about faith, tweets about life. Give me a follow. Tweet at me. I've been following back left and right these days, so there's like a 99% chance I'm going to follow you back as long as your page isn't super uh, negative, super negative or super political. As long as you're a kind person, I will follow you back, and I look forward to getting in touch with you there. Tweet me your thoughts on this podcast, what you think about the biggest player moves so far are the Clippers the front runners I don't know I want to hear your thoughts so tweet at me at the Jack Vita coming up on the podcast I'm going to do a an episode on Toy Story 4 with Jason Karras and our good friend Chase Beebe we will welcome him to the podcast another one of our boys from Valpo so that should be a lot of fun uh, looking forward to getting into that and finally talking about Toy Story 4, big time movie, and there'll be some other sports podcasts soon. I can guarantee you that. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. As always, have a great day. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>